1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the game changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, it's a word we've been buzzing around quite a bit in the past year. We're back to visit it again. It's mentoring. So what's the big deal, you ask? Well, it is actually great mentors in your organization can be invaluable in many ways. They can help support the well-being and success of individual employees. And who doesn't want that? But they're also important to the future of your entire organization. It is a big deal. If it's done right, I have three reality check questions for our listeners. You have to be honest and answer yourself or you can tweet your answers to us at hashtag SAP radio. First up, as far as mentoring goes, are only a select few of your employees, maybe just one gender, hmm, privileged to have mentors at work? Okay, think about that one. Question two, are your mentoring practices building a diverse leadership Or are you just cloning the best of, you know, the most desirable workforce stereotypes? That's where we're not too keen on. Okay, that's another one requiring an honest answer. And the third question, do you appreciate and support the value of reverse mentoring in our multi-generational workforce? We supposedly, and I believe it, have four different generations, maybe even five, working side-by-side in many companies today. Or... Is reverse mentoring something you look down on you say, nah, what could the younger ones, the less experienced, possibly share with our more more experienced and long-term employees? Well, three very important questions. We have a panel of experts who are going to help us figure out what the right answers should be. And let me get started introducing our special guest today. First up is Brian Moran of Brian Moran & Associates. And Brian sent me the following quote. Listen up, this is important. Your most important task as a leader is to teach people how to think and ask the right questions so that the world doesn't go to hell if you take a day off. Well, wouldn't that be nice? We all want to be indispensable. Brian Moran, how are you? Welcome.
2: I'm fantastic, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on your
1: show. Oh, delighted to have you. So talk to me. Interesting question. I love the way uh, the world doesn't go to hell if you take a day off. We all want to feel we're indispensable, but in practical terms, that's not going to be good for anybody. So, Brian, talk to me about the quote, please.
2: Well, I've just seen it, you know, throughout my career, and I actually believed in myself when I had my first company um, that that I was truly indispensable. That nothing would happen, nothing would go right if I suddenly somehow decided to take a day or two uh, to recharge my batteries. I mean, it's so important for leaders to have that time, that downtime, where you can think clearly, you can think about bigger issues, see the bigger picture. Most of the time, uh, we're stuck in the weeds of our business, and we don't mm-hmm. see uh, see the bigger picture. So when I say it's, it's important to take a day off, um, it not only reinforces your support of your team, but it allows you to recharge your batteries.
1: Really good point. And, Brian, in my opening, I mentioned that mentoring great mentors can be invaluable to the well-being of individual employees. Is it perhaps the leader who is that individual employee who needs a boost to support their well-being and what we like to call work-life balance, a.k.a. integration, or whatever else you call it? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's, it, I think the truly uh, great leaders um, understand the need for we talk about balance and everybody know that's become kind of like a, uh, a, you know, running joke in the world, of, <laughs> in the world of business today, right? What is work-life exactly. balance? But what we're really talking about there is just taking time to, again, to, um, rejuvenate yourself. And, and as a, as a mentor, we need to point that out to, um, people that, that are being mentored, that, you know, the importance of taking time to recharge your batteries, because most of the people, most of the mentees have that, um, you know, work is everything mentality, you know, like you're, you're a bull and you, you want to just keep charging forward, you know, you want to prove that you are stronger, tougher, faster, smarter than everybody else, and that,
3: you, got it. you know,
2: the, 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 the team leader made the right choice in, in mentoring you. But it doesn't always work that way. I mean, you can burn yourself out pretty quickly.
1: Thank you, Brian. Sounds like you speak from experience, and we're going to tap into your experience a lot more during the show, and I'm going to give you a little break to recharge your batteries for for the next two or three minutes while I introduce our other panelists. We're welcoming back today Sherry Ann Meyer at Air Products and Chemicals. Sherry's been on the show many times. She's been on several of our Game Changer shows, and Sherry sent me an interesting quote from The Pursuit of Happiness, and that's H-A-P-P-Y-N-E-S-S, which she will explain. Here's the quote. Others may question your credentials, your papers, your degrees others may look for all kinds of ways to diminish your worth but what is inside you no one can take from you or tarnish i feel so much better now sherry how are you welcome back (laughs) i'm great bonnie thanks for having me back thank you sherry you 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 usually give us a quote from wizard of oz what happened
4: well, Pursuit of Happiness jumped out at me because I was thinking a lot about happiness. And I think at the time I was writing this, I was thinking about my own personal happiness and what I wanted from life. <laughs> I was doing a little reset, little recharge. And I think um, the meaning of this movie is so pertinent. Um, I love the story. I loved, you know, that he started from nothing and built himself up into something. But really what he was building was not the money. He was building happiness for himself and his son. And it has personal significance for me, because that movie really resonated with me. I didn't start my career with a college degree. I, it took me 10 years to complete it. I went back to school after I was working. I did it while I had children, uh, while I was working full-time. Um, my children were about three and six when I graduated from college. And, you know, I, I think because of that, that seemed like kind of a handicap, because people at work often saw me still as an admin, a secretary, or Mm -hmm. maybe that was just in my own head. I don't know, and I've been thinking a lot about that lately and what the value of a good mentor would have been or a coach or a sponsor.
1: Sherry, let's let's dig down a little bit deeper here. The value of a coach or mentor in seeing our value, seeing our, our credentials, our net worth to the organization or to the workplace in general, uh, is that something that most people in your observation have a problem with, that we, we're the ones who downgrade our credentials, we're the ones who tarnish our value? Is that an inside job or an outside job? What do you see? You know, I really
4: think it's more of an inside job, and we've been doing some mentoring workshops at work. We had one yesterday, as a matter of fact, a women in IT group that gets together. And one of the things somebody in the room said was, well, I was the only female in a room, and they asked me to take the notes. And I kind of stepped back and said, "I, I get that, but do you think it's because you're a woman? Do you think they really thought that, or just that you had better handwriting or you have better attention to detail? which is, those are common traits of females as opposed to men. And I said, but I think you should have felt free to question it or say, you know, I really don't have great handwriting. Could someone else take them if you felt uncomfortable? So I do think that it's a question. You know, are we doing that to ourselves? Um, Are we overemphasizing the fact that we're different? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or is that real in a man's mind? And maybe Brian could tell
1: us. Brian, you want to jump in for a second here before we introduce our third panelist? Brian, thoughts?
2: Uh, well, from a man's perspective, you know, I think there are certain, um, you know, I've, I've mentored probably with more women than men, believe it or not, in my, in my business. And I definitely see, uh, different skill sets, but, and, and I think that, uh, both are, you know, I think they bring different things to the, the organization, women and men. And women are, in my opinion, uh, much more organized. And, uh, are great, you know, great at execution and great at at creating ideas outside the box.
1: Okay, well, we're going to get into that more later on, where we're going to do a little bit of leaning in or leaning out, and Sherry knows where I'm going with that. Let's bring on our third panelist, also a return visitor here to Game Changers Radio. It's Megan Sullivan at SAP. Always glad to welcome Megan to the panel, and she is quoting Robert Frost, and here's the quote, very interesting. I am not a teacher, but an awakener. I didn't even know that was a word, but I love it, and I want to use it. Megan Sullivan, welcome back. How are you today? Thank you, Bonnie. I'm wonderful. Talk to me about the quote. Robert Frost, I think this is uh, the esteemed poet's first time on SAP radio. So how did he get here? Talk to me.
3: Fantastic. I think when it comes to mentorship and truly being, you know,
1: a a real leader
3: um, are those that instill inspiration in others. And and I look across my mentors, and sure, I can learn a lot from sitting in a class or reading a book. But when you meet somebody who deeply has a passion from within them, and they really spark something in you and really Mm -hmm. awaken a sense of, you know, empowerment and passion and drive and really make you feel like you can take on the world and do anything, those are the true mentors in the world and the true gems that will absolutely move you forward, not only professionally, but also a personal part of your life moves forward as well. And so they're very rare, you know, few and far between, but Mm -hmm. when they come across your lives, you just grab them and and run with them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: and you tell them I'll help you if you help me, and let's do this together. I love that. Megan, I have to get your female POV point of view on the question Sherry Meyer just posed to Brian Moran about why do women get picked on to be the note-taker? Is it because we're just so darn good at it? We can multitask. We can multithread in our brains. We take good notes. We're detail-oriented. We're nurturers. We're helpers, supporters. We want everybody to be happy. Or is there another reason? (laughs) Did I get them all?
3: Yeah. You know, I tell you, I I have been in that position many times in my life. I used to work pretty frequently with uh, the Asian culture, so I would be in that position a lot. You know, I'm going to put a controversial comment out there, and I I think it is because we're women and because traditionally that was the secretarial role we may have played in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have always been very careful about that question and kind of lobbed it over to a a male counterpart in the room or or figured out Mm -hmm. how to handle it. But you know, sadly, I think that there is a stereotypical thing where, you know, women are the note-takers, and it's that secretarial role that was always, you know, been from a woman's perspective. I do note, though, that, um, you know, it doesn't happen as often as it used to. I think 10, 15 years ago I used to see that occur a lot more often. You know, certainly I have seen it in some organizations. Um, but I think, you know, back to Brian's point, you know, on the flip side of it, I do think that when you put women and men in the same room together, I think they bring two totally different perspectives to a business meeting. Um, and it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just different. You know, I think women will tend to get deeper. They're kind of more on the emotional, more thoughtful side, potentially. So they may bring around some of the more softer skills and then put into a meeting where men might be more methodical or, you know, driven in certain data points or whatever. And, you know, it's not the stereotype either one of them. I think you get both. But a woman or women in the room will definitely
1: add a different perspective than just if it's a room full of men. Viva la Difference, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Megan. Let's go back to Brian. I'm going to ask you a very interesting question, uh, and this is part of our Coffee Break series. As a matter of fact, I asked this question of all panelists on all ten of our series, and the question is, what's in your cup today? What are you drinking right now? Or if it's nothing too interesting, what do you wish you were drinking at this moment in time? Brian Moran, talk to me.
2: So uh, I think this is the third time I've done your show, and the three times I had three different things in my cup. Uh, today it's Poland Spring water. Uh, you know, we get the delivery of the bottles. Uh, we have hard water in our area, so uh, uh, you know it helps me uh, run simple, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> one of my go- one of my clients. <laughs> A lot of people that. say that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually, you know what? It's clear, clean, effective, and uh, it's critical. If you want to stay, you know, hydrated and stay motivated and keep your energy level at or near its peak, you know, drink water. Eight, 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 eight ounce glasses a day is what I shoot for.
1: Brian, now a question. Do you tell that when you mentor people, do you tell them that water is going to help you think clearly and feel better and process everything and keep your brain flowing in the right direction? Is this part of the mentoring advice? Absolutely.
2: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It is. And I will tell you something. They're, I'm just starting to figure that out now in terms of, you know, I'm all about mind, body, spirit, and the mind is, is an easy one for me. But the body is something that um, certainly entrepreneurs will have a tendency to neglect. They'll put their business before they put their workout in. And, again, this goes back to the quote, taking time off to recharge your battery. But take that walk. Take that break in a day. Um, People who are driven will see that as, um, you know, a uh, character flaw. Why do I need to take a walk around the block? I'm fine. I want to stay focused on my work and I want to continue work. You know, and it's the same thing with, like, drinking water. You know, stay hydrated, stay focused, stay, you know, keep your energy. Run simple.
1: I like, well, we all like that one for sure, Brian, and I'm thinking of the the metaphor with the battery. Everybody knows the battery needs water from time to time. I like that even better. So, Sherry Meyer, what are you drinking today?
4: This morning, I have pomegranate raspberry green tea, which is really, really good, but I'm usually drinking water, too, and for a lot of the reasons that Brian says, it actually people think that, oh, after lunch, I have this downtime, and I need to have caffeine. Really, you don't.
1: You need to have water. Okay, thank you, and Megan Sullivan, what's in your cup today? I guess that makes me the naughty one. I've got a <laughs>
3: delicious cup of freshly brewed Nespresso coffee right in front of me, and I'm loving it. I can feel it coursing through my veins as we speak.
1: <laughs> I want to know what flavor is it. What flavor?
3: I don't know. It's just fantastic flavor. It's one of those gold capsules.
1: <laughs> it's a gold capsule. Now, though, I'm telling you. I'm it's on a, fire. It's an, I hope so. It's an Nespresso gold Fiery coffee. I like that. Now, we have a note here on hashtag SAP Radio from my colleague Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP. He says, up, up, and away, powered by Phil's Coffee. Tesora. That's all he says. He usually talks about it being dark as night. And, Ooh, and,
3: that's my favorite one. Uh, yeah, tesora, okay.
1: Yum. Maybe maybe that's what you have. I don't know which one I put in my uh, my Keurig this morning, but it was good. I learned I bought a little frother, a little battery-powered frother. If The tr- trick is if you want an instant latte or an instant cappuccino, you froth the cold milk right out of the refrigerator, half an inch of milk in a mug, and you froth it to it's about two inches tall. Then you stick it in the microwave for about 15 seconds till the foam gets warm and then you ladle it into the coffee. It actually, for a quick pick-me-up, it's not bad. What can I tell you? Guess what? We've all earned a real break here. We're going to be back right after the break with our nonstop 30-minute high-test, high-powered round table with Brian Moran, also a returning guest. Brian, I'm sorry I forgot. Brian Moran and Associates, I knew your picture looked familiar. Sherry Ann Meyer at Air Products and Chemicals. Megan Sullivan at SAP. And our topic today, Mentoring Done Right. Everybody wins. And as if this isn't a good enough topic, this is part three because this is so important. We just keep revisiting it with new ideas over and over and over again. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I am Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be right after the break. Brad out.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here.
1: Here we are, and by the way, for keeping track, this is live episode number 156 of our series called Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio, and it's Wednesday, October 29th. We're nearing the change of the clocks here in the U.S., and I believe uh, Europe already did it, so we have a five-hour gap with our friends in Germany, not six hours right now, and Halloween is coming, so I hope everybody has a safe and happy and healthy one, if that's possible. Let's dig into our roundtable right now. I'm going to ask my first guest on the panel, Brian Moran, a uh, Brian Moran is associates to talk to me. Brian, I have some interesting notes from you from before the show. I'm going to read one and let's dive in. So you say there is a difference between leadership and mentorship. A leader can lead many people, but a mentor can and should engage only with a few. Brian, why don't you start us?
2: I, I think, uh, you know, clearly that mentorship involves, um, you know, it's, it's a dialogue between the the, uh, the mentor and the mentee and it's, there's, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a formal understanding of expectations, goals, responsibilities, and um, there's a commitment for mentoring somebody. It's not, you know, you don't do it, say, okay, I'm going to mentor you today and, you know, we're done with it. Unless that's the arrangement you set up. So it's hard if you have a, a, a company of, of, you know, 50 or 100 people to be to act as a mentor to all of them. You can be a leader to all of them. You can delegate responsibilities. You can uh, share your vision of where the company is going, and you can give them the tools to help them succeed in their jobs. That's what a leader does. But a mentor, it's much more involved.
1: Okay. Sherry Meyer, thoughts on that one? Let's explore it. Well, I absolutely agree. I mean, if you think of
4: leaders, leaders could have lots of people underneath them, and you can be a leader and even be remote where We're you know people just listening to the show, for example, listen to all of us and and take something away from this as a leader. But to really have that rich, deep experience of mentoring or sponsoring someone or coaching someone, you need to be able to spend more time uh, and more Quality time with that person, getting to know them, and letting them know you, so you get the reverse mentoring back. Right? Um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree, and I also see leaders often more as a one-way channel, where mentoring mm-hmm. is two-way.
1: Interesting. How much time? I'm going to post this one, and then we'll have, uh, when Megan comes on for this question, we'll have her answer, but we'll go back to Brian as well. How much time should a mentorship involve? How many hours a day a week? Is it a weekly meeting, biweekly? Are there homework assignments? Let's just do a little more defining. Sherry, why don't you join that one, and then uh, we'll we'll go on from there. Why don't you give us some de- some background?
4: Well, you know me, I hate to think of it as such a formal arrangement that I'm going to put it on my calendar and only spend an hour or two hours or meet every other month. Um, Certainly having some guidelines where you make sure you do get together is important to me. Um, For example, I have a a sponsor right now. We have lunch every other month, and that's frequently enough for us. Um, But, you know, in between times we'll run into each other and have short hallway conversations, or I know I can email or I am her and ask her something and so it's more to me about the quality of it um, versus the time you know sometimes people really need mentoring but they're in a job that's so bogged down it's hard for them to see that they can take the time so you do have to carve out some time for them but I also don't want it to be a pressured relationship
1: okay Megan Sullivan thoughts on this leadership versus mentorship and the time involved
3: yeah, I mean, I find a, a few different things. I formally mentor um, four people right now, and some of them are much more effective than others. Some of those relationships more effective than others. I find my best one, um, actually, the reason why I got on this radio show in the first place is because, uh, you know, we had such a great relationship. He kind of nominated me to do this. But ah. it's the chemistry. It's actually the chemistry between us and the ability mm-hmm. for us to get down and real very quickly versus kind of circus conversation. So I'd say it's not really about the time that you put into it as much as it is the quality of the relationship that you have with someone. And if you can get kind of that chemistry going and get deeper on the personal side as well as the professional and get that real, you know, that clicking and that humming in the relationship, I find that you can get to the heart of matters so much faster. Um, and there are some relationships mm-hmm. and mentorships that don't work if the chemistry is not there and it's all surface conversation. It kind of feels like a waste of time.
1: Yep. Like a formality pro forma. Megan, I I want you to bring in one concept here while we're still on the difference between leaders and mentors. You talk in your notes, and I've, I've heard you say this, we've worked together before, on having a board of directors, a personal board of directors. What does that mean?
3: Well, for me, this is how I've always run my career. I don't necessarily have one formal mentor. In fact, I'm not sure I have any formal mentors, but I have a select group of people that I draw from, and that group of people can change as I hit different aspects of my career. Uh, but there are some people that I talk to on a you know, a more casual basis or call them up for advice. There are others that I may sit in a room and listen to them just talk. There are others where I may observe how they're doing things and kind of draw some of that into my own life. But for me, it's not about one person that helps guide me. It's about a collective group of about five really key influencers in my life with either direct or indirect relationships with me, by the way, that I really draw from and, and try and take pieces and parts of all of it. And that kind of drives me
1: forward. I always appreciate hearing that from you, Megan, and I want to go back to Brian Moran. Brian, uh, how do you feel about this personal board of directors, professional board of directors for us as individuals in the workplace? Do you use it? Is it something you would share with people? What are your thoughts?
2: Oh, I I definitely have my board of – I call Mm. them board of advisors. No doubt, okay. and I think that's a valuable asset for me because they come at it from totally whatever issue or obstacle or opportunity I'm facing, they come at it at a different angle. They see things that I don't see. So it gives me a 360 degree view of whatever it is I'm staring at. I think anybody who is, you know, considering roles as leaders or entrepreneurs uh, in business, would definitely benefit from having that 360-degree
4: view.
1: Okay. Sherry, Board of Directors, Board of Advisors, what do you do about it?
4: I I like what Brian just said about, you know, having that other view because that's something that I do a lot. I will reach out to what we would call the millennials in our organization but newer employees even if they're not millennials um... but they're new to the organization and i like to pick their brains i like to especially if i'm in meetings with them to call them out and stop and say well what do you think you know you have a new perspective you haven't heard all this before you're not so close to it give me some fresh perspective and you know number one get them to talk get them to realize that their opinion is important because in a very established organization where there are most of the leadership is, you know, 50 and over and has is set in their ways and in their thinking, it's important to me to bring them to the table and bring their ideas to the table.
1: Thank you, Sherry. And guess what? You're up next. I'm going to start a new conversation thread and I'm going to get into some of what we alluded to in the beginning, some gender differences in terms of historical perspective on mentoring. So Sherry, I'm going to read some of your notes and then then you'll expand, please. You say, to me, mentoring is uplifting. It gives meaning to work, gives meaning to life in general. And here's the kicker. Sherry says, for men, that's been true for years. Think about where mentoring has occurred, on the golf course, in the bar, around a cigar smoke-filled room. Men even give about cigars and as an announcement of a birth. And Sherry says the way men traditionally celebrated family with other men was over cigars. Men help men. The way they do this excludes women, but Sherry adds it's no different for women. Sherry, help me unravel this this, uh, this stuff we've got here. What are we going to do with this? Well, you know, I think for
4: years women have had their own networks too. The problem that we're experiencing right now is that we don't have networks in work and our networks don't connect with men networks and i find it very useful to be part of a female network because it's useful to sit in a room and talk to people that have your same experiences that have had to get their kids dressed and rushed out the door every morning mm-hmm. um you know that have had to plan the meals and do the grocery shopping and in my personal case i was a single mom so everything fell to me so you know it's helpful to know how to deal with those kinds of things and still look professional and be professional with you know, the baby throw up on your shoulder of your suit when you go into <laughs> work. Um, so, you know, I I think that that's very helpful. The thing that we're missing is the ability and the opportunities to bring women, men and women together in common social situations or in high-level situations such as boardrooms and, you know, important meetings and have them be heard. Because the thing that I experience is um, I think that more often than not, what women are being judged on is the way they deliver the message, the way they communicate or the way they respond to things as opposed to their real knowledge. It's just kind of a communication barrier that, you know, we don't understand how each other sees things or how we put it into words.
1: The great divide continues. Megan yeah. Sullivan, thoughts on what Sherry just brought up? A lot of interesting, interesting POV there. What are your thoughts? Well,
3: yeah, you know, I'm kind of mixed on the topic, right? I think Mm -hmm. there
1: definitely is a great divide, and I
3: think, you know, women and men definitely are seen differently and get judged differently. You know, I think all those stereotypes are true. I do think, though, that there are – maybe maybe it's an unspoken part of the population of the male population that struggle with the exact same things that we do. You know, there are men out there that much rather be at the soccer game or – you know, taking time off to be with a newborn child or whatever. They go through the same struggles that we go through. I just don't think maybe they talk about it or they feel like they can't make those same choices and so therefore they're not put in the same category. So I'm, I'm actually mixed on the mixed views on that one.
1: Well, let's get the male point of view in here, Brian Moran. I I have to turn to you. You're the you're the right. other side. Where right. are we?
2: Now, now I know why I was asked to be on this show.
1: <laughs> yes, you were. You were hand selected uh, because we knew you could do something about it. Go ahead.
2: You know what? And and, and I think uh, you know there there are everyone, You know what we're talking about it here is not just men and women. It's old and young. It's different ethnicities, uh-huh. different races. It really is not just a a man woman black or white um situation that occurs i mean it's a work for for most large companies at least uh, uh is a melting pot of of different um different viewpoints different cultures and what we're trying to figure out is how do we all work together and so you need to be open minded you need to you know there should be a um a sign that hangs above every door in every company in in around the world, and that is 'll walk a mile in someone else 's shoes before you judge them or before you form an opinion of them and and come in with an open mind about how you can work together. you know all the oars are rowing in the same direction, trying to achieve a common goal, and respect the differences that everybody has in the different situations, so whether it 's concern about. How do I get my kids off to school and make it into the into the office, or um, you know, or from a man's perspective, I'd love to take time off and you know spend it with my wife and newborn child, but I don't want to be seen as weak in the office. Mm-hmm. These are real situations, are real concerns that everybody has. But to Megan's point, it's hard to express that sometimes because you, it's that perception of either weakness or well, that's not really a leader, is it?
1: Brian, have you ever given out cigars on the birth of a child? Never. <laughs> I, Never. I, I, no, I think we were all I think we all Never wanted to is, know.
2: Too.
1: Oh the my goodness, is. that would have been a a lot of a lot of good cigars. <laughs> Thank you very That's much, right. Sherry. I'm going right. to loop this around back to you since this was your point. Uh, anything you want to add after listening to Megan Sullivan and Brian Moran? Oh
4: yeah, I mean absolutely, I agree with their viewpoints, and I, I really liked what. Brian said about, you know, hanging the sign on the sign on the wall, you know, walk a mile in someone's shoes. And I think we're at a point in society where that's not an issue anymore. We've all been educated, we're all sensitized, but it's more of a reflex that we don't even realize some of these subtle things that are occurring between us. So for example, in my workplace, um one of the pieces of feedback I used to get from my mail manager, which he gathered it from other people, it was three sixty feedback was my communication style um, and how I said things. And I stopped him one day and I said, you know what, you've been saying this for three years, so the next time we're in a meeting together, kick me under the table, pinch me, Mm -hmm. pull me aside afterwards, give me some specific feedback because I don't know what to do because I think everything I say is no different than what you would say. And that made him pause and reflect and look back. And I've done this with managers before too. To I pointed out to them that, will you do the same thing? You know, and then it makes them pause and think. And I never got that piece of feedback again after that. By the By the way, so I think really? it's uh, us to sensitise people to, you know, what what's really going on here? Um, what are you really hearing from me? Stop and listen a little closer.
1: Interesting, and the Sherry, I've... Loop is important it's very important it's the same thing in relationships outside of work somebody criticizes you critiques you you do this you do that stop me when i'm doing it and point it out to me and let's talk about it that really is the only intelligent way to handle it uh sherry did he ever tell you what exactly it was did you ever figure out what for three years he was criticizing that he couldn't pinpoint any clue It, it was my style
4: he said Um, and so I was very conscious of that, and I did seek feedback, you know, from other female counterparts, and there were a few things. We work globally, and, you know, you're on the phone with people, and sometimes you don't always, you're anxious to make your points. You don't always come across as diplomatically Mm -hmm. as you should with another culture, and, you know, I took those to heart, but a lot of it was just because I was being assertive and enforcing the same things he would enforce or asking for the same things he would ask to have done for him, for our organization. But it just wasn't received the same way coming from me being a strong, assertive woman.
1: That's it. That was the, the deliverer of the message, and that is the great divide I think we've been talking about. Before I move on, Megan Sullivan, any comments on what Sherry has I, experienced? I'm
3: desperate to comment on this one. I yes. love. I love this. I love this. Go ahead. So I think, you know, um, I wrote a blog not too long ago, and it was exactly on this. And it was, you know, I think there's three steps to receiving feedback, and to, exactly to Sherry's point, point. one, really understand what are they trying to say. You know, two, understand, you know, what that means to you and can you change it. And three, do you even want to? And so in <laughs> Sherry's perspective, right, she's being assertive. She's being powerful. She's putting comments out there and being a leader. You know, maybe in that situation you receive the feedback, but, you're, you, you know, you discount it. So, you know, that's not, I'm not going to soften up because you are threatened by me or don't like my style. I'm actually going to be that strong leader and continue on that path. That's an okay choice, or whatever the choice is, but I think it's super important to understand what the feedback is and then totally make a decision on if you really want to change it or if it's
1: good for you to keep doing that interesting. I have to share Sorry. a quick anecdote. Yes, Brian, go ahead then I'll share go I, ahead. I
2: just one I and what we're talking about here though is the, yes. is the difference between leadership and mentorship. It's actually between a it's whether you're a boss, a leader, or a mentor. How is mm-hmm. that? Because I agree 100% with what Sherry and Megan are saying. It's the question of what's the source of the feedback. So yes. a mentor is going to come at you, you know, it's corrective criticism or it's, you know, it's they're on your side of the table. A leader may be the same thing. And a, bo- a boss, you know, you have to, you know, if you're feeling threatened by some, someone's comments, you know, the question is what's their ulterior motive? Mm-hmm. You know, are they, are, 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 they, are they trying to keep you down? And so, you know, a boss is somebody who's sitting on the other side of the table, and they want to control the situation, and they want to delegate as they see fit. So it's really dependent on how the the comments – the source of the comments.
1: Great point, Brian. Bringing in the idea, now we have a third person at the table. We have boss slash manager slash owner, perhaps, slash uh, executive – and then we have leader, and then we have mentor. So we just brought somebody else. I must share very quickly with the three of you. I don't think I've told this to any of you before. I worked at Chase when it was called Chase Manhattan Bank, and I was a global communic- marketing communications, did a lot of interesting things. I started the Chase Global News, which was an actual newspaper featuring Chase, homegrown articles, that kind of thing. But one day my manager, boss, slash boss, took me aside and said, we have a complaint about you, Bonnie. It's your style. And I said, what's the problem? He said, well, most of the Women here are wearing very expensive suits and shoes, and they're in sales, and and they look a certain way. But you took your silk scarf instead of wearing it inside your jacket for an accessory, you put it in your hair and wrapped it into a bow. And we have a big problem with that, so we want to send you to a style consultant and teach you how to dress in the workplace. Sherry, any comments on that one? Brian, <laughs> go ahead. Brian, can you? Brian, any <laughs>
2: thoughts? Me. Well, let me ask you something. Was, was, your, was your boss, manager, a man or a woman? He was a man. <laughs> you know what? And, and he should have had... I mean, well, here's the funny thing, and I'll, I'll share something with you. I, there, are, there were nine people in my family, seven men and two women. So I had five brothers, one sister, and a mother who There were absolutely no glass ceilings. My mother is, is a remarkable person who's done an amazing amount of things in her life. And... Like they would, they, you would just look at that and say she would she would say to that woman, you know, ignore what he is saying. You know that that is that one that's sexist. Two, you know, anybody who's got a problem with it, have them come to you. You know, don't mm-hmm. play this office politics stuff. And if, if if it empowers you, or makes you feel good. At the wear that silk scarf in your hair. Wear it. Let them fire you. You know, the <laughs> job is not. I think you're right. The job is not Ryan, the final but... destination. It's your ethics, integrity, character, and, and the person you are.
4: <laughs> Thank you very You're much. Right, and that, that's how I would respond to it, Brian. But I think the problem that women confront is if they really want to get ahead in a corporation, mm-hmm. playing the game becomes essential. And I know yes. women at Air Products that were told, "Well, you know, if you want to fit in here, you gotta, you know, change the way you dress." Um, mm-hmm. or not eat lunch with the secretaries, for example. Yes. Um, and I'm hoping some of that is changing. I mean, a lot of it's changed at Air products, but it, it becomes a question. And I've been told that, you know, hey, if you're ever interviewed for a job, just tell them, and they ask you what your weakest point is, tell them it's you're not political. And yeah. I pride myself on that. I'm okay with that. But if you, you're mm-hmm. somebody who
1: really wants to, that's just not going to work. Thank you all. Thanks for indulging my story. By the way, to Level Set, that was in the early 1990s, and it was in Chase downtown. Mm-hmm. We were working uh, in a building that was famous because the marble columns in the building in, in Wall Street, the marble columns were featured in the movie Wall Street, and we were two blocks from the World Trade Center, but I rest my case. Let's move on. Megan Sullivan, I'm looking at a very interesting, we've been talking rather high level about the concept of leadership versus mentorship and the role in the organization, but I want to get into a little bit of the, the nitty-gritty, the guts here. Megan. Said in her notes to me, great mentors can be invaluable when you bring a problem to them to see it from an unbiased perspective, and they help coach several ways. And she she puts quotes around several ways to solve a problem rather than just one route. So it sounds like they're a, a, a an aggregator, Megan. You're saying that that a mentor can be an aggregator of points of view, of uh, perspectives, of options, of alternative solutions, and say to you, okay, let's just put it all on the table and see what works for you. Is that the one of the main roles of a good mentor, Megan Sullivan? I was going to,
3: you know, I, I do have someone that I go to, you know, with, with lots of problems in, in business. And my favorite thing about him, and it is a man, is that when I take him a, pro- a problem, he's not close enough to my business or my job to be emotionally involved in it. He doesn't know enough about it directly. But he's in the industry, so he understands it. Um, and when I go to him with something, he doesn't, you know, he's not emotionally invested. And so he can sit there and look at it from like 10 different points all around the problem. And where I would have come with maybe one or two different solutions, he's able to really talk around it and come up with, what if you did this? Well, what if you combined a combination of this or this? Or have you thought about this? And he really goes all around the problem from every different perspective possible so that when I walk out of that mentoring meeting or that conversation, I now have a completely different perspective. I see it from a lot of different viewpoints and I have a bevy of choices that I can go and draw from on how I'm going to go resolve it. That's the other great thing about him is he never tells me what to do to solve it. He gives me about uh-huh. four or five different options and lets me go think about it and figure out which one I want to take.
1: Sounds he sounds like a good, good therapist. We're going to keep him very, very busy. Brian Moran, thoughts on, on this approach to mentoring? It sounds ideal. What's your thought?
2: Yeah, I totally agree because it's, you know, it's, you know, give a person a fish, you feed them for a day, teach a person a fish, you know, you feed them for life. And I think that's the same approach that Megan is talking about. It's that ultimately the decision falls within you. And, you know, you may make a mistake and we can review that mistake that you made and we can talk through it so that you don't make the same mistake twice. But if somebody is constantly just telling you, it's like giving you the answers, you don't mm-hmm. benefit from that. You, you benefit from from doing the homework, you know, talking it through with somebody, and then ultimately making your own decision and living with the, the consequences, you know, whether it was okay. a good decision or bad decision.
1: Okay. Let's hammer this a little closer to home on our discussion here. Uh, we have talked over and over again today about uh, gender differences in perspectives, in communication style, in workplace styles. So my question is to the whole panel, and Brian, I'm going to start with you, if you don't mind, should the mentoring relationship be opposite sex should a man mentor women should women mentor men because it automatically brings in that different communication style, that perspective, that language habitude, whatever we want to call it, is that something that would be an added benefit because that person is not the same gender as the mentee Brian thoughts on that, and then i 'll get to sherry and megan brian sure
2: it's, it's, it's every every situation is different. <clears throat> And I can certainly see how i uh, if you think about it, one, you shouldn 't only have one mentor, one person you go to with you know putting all your eggs in that one basket, you benefit from having uh a man to man man to mentee relationship or a man to woman or a woman to man, because you get that different perspective you don't want to have too many mentors because then you're getting too many uh- conf- possibly conflicting opinions, and then you become paralyzed. But find people who are outside your comfort zone, be it a man or a woman, old or young, black or white, and um, find those people who can bring um, a bevy of resources or a wealth of resources to your relationship. So I'm not going to say that, that one um, type of person is beneficial. It really depends on who you are and what you're looking for in a relationship.
1: Thank you very much. Sherry, what do you thought? What are you thinking? I don't think that it's either way. Um, I think Mm -hmm. some of
4: my, historically, my best mentors have actually been men because I find that women have historically not been so kind to other women, (laughs) if that's okay to say. Yes, Um, it is. But I have have a a female mentor right now that I, I really enjoy. And, again, it's the personal relationship and what they can bring to you. And the most valuable quality for me is someone who will be completely honest with me. Mm. So someone who's going to, you know, step around things and not say, hey, you really messed up, or that's not helpful to me. Um, And the kind of thing that Megan described is is really helpful. You know, questioning, not telling me what to do, but, you know, just gently saying, well, you know, here's the perception of you. And sometimes the perception I'm okay with,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I know it's something I need to adjust hold up the right kind of mirror to you Megan thoughts on this
4: yeah I'm
3: sitting here struggling with it because I'm changing my answer as I listen
1: good (laughs) uh, good I love
3: it talk to me yes purely from a personal perspective earlier in my career I would seek out women mentors because as Uh a young woman in business and really and I've always been in the IT world I've always been the only woman in the room and so I would seek out women mentors to kind of help me through those dynamics As I have matured and risen up through the organization, I find my most valuable mentors and really all my mentors right now are men. And I don't think it is necessarily because, um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily because they give me a different perspective or anything. I think it's more of because my place in the organization and who I want to be and kind of that assertive, powerful position. Men give me better advice of how to have a seat at the table and how to kind of be in that power position. Um, so that's just kind of what I've gravitated to. Now, not to say there aren't a lot of phenomenal women out there. Mm-hmm. I personally have not found any that I clicked with in the chemistry enough to really be able to take me there.
4: I think Megan has said something really important, though. Yes, um, go ahead. The mentoring that she's had by men have, has probably helped her have a seat at the table more easily. Um,
1: and Absolutely. I think that's, that's an important I- aspect. Very important I hate to aspect. Admit
4: that, but
3: it's very true. Very true.
1: But you don't have to be, you don't have to hate to admit that because anybody listening will get all of our points of view and that's your experience and, and it's definitely valid. Thank you, Megan, for sharing that. Uh, we are, you know what? I'm not going to take a break because we have one more discussion point I want to bring up and then we're just going to slide in about three minutes into our predictions round. I know the panel can deal with it, so I'm going to make you work a little harder here. Brad, that's a no to you, my engineer. We're not taking a break. Uh, Sherry Ann Meyer, you brought up something so interesting in your very generous talking points to me, and I don't want to close the show without covering it. Uh, You say the – you talk about community. We're talking about mentoring community. The idea of lean-in and men being excluded from the lean-in discussions. Just quickly, give us a minute of your point of view on why and if they should be and the idea of inclusion versus mingling versus uh, everything. Talk to me, Sherry. Well, as you know, I think both – ways are are good. I think it's essential to me anyway to
4: have strong female discussion groups. But in my experience where we've brought men into our lean-in sessions at work, um, it's been enlightening to them to hear our views, but it's equally enlightening to the women to hear things that we've just talked about. Like, well, I also have a problem. I'd like to go out the door to a soccer game, but I feel odd about that. Um, you know, in the younger generation of men is experiencing sharing more of the household burden, so they are experiencing more of the same things that we experienced. And, and it is really good to hear stories. Um, it's the storytelling is really eye opening to each other, and just putting people together in a room like that where it's kind of safe to say, as opposed to a business meeting where you have to stay on topic or only say certain things. Those kind of meetings don't reveal the real person or the real talents. But these Mm -hmm. lean-in sessions where you actually actually include men and women together reveal a lot about the different genders to each of the people, and I think they've been extremely valuable. I know they've been valuable at Air Products. Um, And, you know, I think most women do have unique challenges that men don't confront every day. Mm -hmm. I really believe that, and I I think it's important for us to be able to air that Mm -hmm. and
1: talk about it. Brian, I hear you. Talk to me. Would you lean in with a group of women? Brian? Oh, absolutely absolutely but but I think what we're talking about here too is
2: is how mentorship helps foster leadership
4: mm-hmm.
2: because um, what we're talking about is becoming more compassionate leaders, being you know being open to the needs and the issues facing the people we 're leading so that's that's a leadership I, I think that's what sherry's talking about is yeah. is how we can all be better leaders in our businesses. And we get that through positive mentorship programs. And so that's what we're talking about right now is, is being in a position where, um, you know, people, mentees can express their concerns, fears, um, desires uh, in business without, um, fear of, of, you know, being castigated. Um, so, you know, it's important to know that, that, that the, that the, 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 conversation that you're having. Am I I talking in a mentor-mentee situation um, that we can all take away from this conversation and apply it to our leadership skills?
1: Thank you. And anybody else want to comment on this? Uh, Megan Sullivan on Lean In? I would love to, yeah. So I
3: I run a Lean In session here in the Silicon Valley at a startup, Ah. and it's all women, all women in the room. And I find that uh, the conversation is very different in that lean-in group. I run another one at SAT that's a mixed gender, but the one that's all women, I find the conversations are on a completely different level of vulnerability and the personal aspects that those women bring to the room and kind of what they're questioning and the topics they want to talk about, very much, you know, much more personal, much more vulnerability happening, talking about very specific situations. I find with the mixed group, men and women, it's, you know, it... It's not as vulnerable, but what I have found is exactly what Sherry's talking about, is that, I I tell you, I mean, men have the same issues that women do when it comes to kind of the struggle of career choices and kids and, you know, balancing the work-life balance and all of this kind of stuff. So I I have been pleasantly surprised to know that the gender difference isn't that big as it relates to kind of what we all struggle with. I think men Mm -hmm. just have to make different choices because of our society and kind of, how that has has been around but um the women groups are very very different and very personal
1: Thank you very much. Guess what? We are at the point where we absolutely must go to our predictions crystal ball round. So I'm going to circle back to Brian Moran. Brian, you have held up so well in this conversation with three women on the other. I won't say say on the other side of the table. We've been around the table with you going around and around. Great conversation. Brian Moran, if we met again in 2020, and I'm sure we're going to do part four way before then, what would you be saying about – well, I'm going to quote you. I just did on Twitter. I said, Brian Moran talking about how – Mentorship helps foster leadership. So what will be different in 2020? Brian, I can give you about, uh, oh, a minute and a half, 90 seconds. Go. All
2: right. Um, I, I would like to think that we evolve, you know, as as, uh, as leaders and as mentors, and that some of the issues that we're talking about today aren't part of the conversation, that we found new obstacles to to discuss in 2020, um, that, that somehow we've uh, elevated – our roles as mentors and leaders to, and, and gotten past these hurdles that we're facing today.
1: That would be nice, wouldn't it? Now, we have time and energy left to do other things, and Brian wouldn't yeah. have to take a nap after a show like this. What can I <laughs> or say? walk around the block. <laughs> You've been so brave. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's turn to Sherry Ann Meyer at Air Products and Chemicals. Sherry, thoughts about Hi. predictions? I
4: think we're always going to have the problem of bringing people together. We're always going to have people from different cultures, different backgrounds. And it's really about that, uh, being open to thought, right? It's, it's not so much about gender in the future. So I think maybe in the future it's more of a, a less a mentoring experience and more of an equalizing experience.
1: I like that. And and a quick point of advice here, is the point of mentoring to build, as I said in my opening, Sherry, a diverse leadership or just cloning the best of the best in your existing workforce? We want diversity. We want strength across the, across the board of our workforce, yes?
4: We want diversity.
1: <laughs> we, we absolutely want, want
4: diversity. And so when we're mentoring, we don't want to be passing down the same old things. We want to be listening and learning from our mentees as well.
1: Thank you very much. Good point about reverse mentoring as well. And Megan Sullivan at SAP, I can give you, well, you can have a full two minutes. We actually have a luxury of a little bit of time here. Megan, thoughts <laughs> about predictions. What do you see in the crystal ball? Yeah, I think what, what it, kind of the onslaught
3: of social media and where people are going, I think social media allows people to get more vulnerable and to express their opinions kind of in a more um, not anonymous way, because certainly our names are on social media, but I think the conver- I think what happens is the gender diversity piece goes away, and I think more and more people will be talking on a more vulnerable level about what some of these issues truly are. And I think it just will become part of the standard business conversation, and we will get to resolution a lot quicker on a lot of this stuff because more people are talking about it, accessible. People can see each other talking about it. Um, I think it just becomes more of a natural cadence in the business world.
1: Okay, quick question for the whole panel. I'm going to take the luxury of an extra minute and a half here, starting with Brian Moran. Should everybody in an organization have the right or the privilege to say, I want and need a mentor? Management, give me one, yes or no, In one sentence, why? Yeah,
2: again, it, 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 it's, it's hard to, to generalize the role of, mm-hmm. of uh, what you can do is uh, a, a business, especially larger companies, should provide a platform. From mentorship programs, saying that if you're interested in being a mentor or a mentee, here's a uh, vehicle that will allow you to reach out to find the right people. Um, thank you,
1: uh, thank you. I'm going to stop you, and I'm going to turn to Sherry Meyer. We're almost out of time. Sherry, thoughts? Oh, absolutely.
4: Um, there's no
1: doubt about it that um, this has to continue. Okay. Megan Sullivan, should everybody be entitled to a mentor or have a platform, as Brian said, where they can say, I want to be a mentor or I want to receive mentorship in any size organization?
3: Everyone has the right to say, I want a mentor, but everyone, it's their own personal responsibility to go get one and find the right one for them. It's a very personal decision
1: great point thank you very much what a good conversation we were all over the map thank you to my three wonderful talkers thinkers and thanks for sharing some, some deeply personal information here in terms of your point of view on mentoring and leadership Brian Moran at Brian Moran Associates you take that walk Brian we'll be right there with you in spirit <laughs> Sherry Sher- Sher- Ann Meyer Air Products and Chemicals next time you come on I want to go back to a quote from the Wizard of Oz because you're just great with that stuff and Megan Sullivan at SAP thank you the three of you were wonderful together and I really appreciate you taking the time. A shout out to Brad and the Business Channel team, and to my colleague Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP, who's been tweeting under SAP underscore Radio. And we have a, a great tweet here from Karen, Karen Haralda, Thank you for listening. And Megan Sullivan was tweeting as well. And I'm going to tell you what's see, it's Wednesday. Okay, today's a doubleheader this afternoon, and I'll be back with the Internet of Things with Game Changers at 3 p.m. Eastern. Yes, we have two shows on Wednesdays. Woohoo! And tomorrow we'll be bringing you another live edition of Innovating Innovation. with with game changers. Yep, we have 10 different series now. Okay, it's time to close this party. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Thanks all. See you this afternoon on the Internet of Things with Game Changers. Bye bye.